You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code Vox MMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. It is Friday, November 10th, 2023, and it is indeed a heck of a morning. We are live on the MMA Fighting Twitter spaces. You can hear the show in its entirety when we're done here on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. What's going on, everybody? I am Mike Keck. Not only is it November 10th, we are on the eve of UFC 295. The weigh-ins just wrapped up not that long ago. Hope you guys got the chance to check out AK and Casey and Jose on the weigh-in show. The big fights are on. They are a go. Alex Pereira, Yuri Prohashka, both under the championship limit. Pereira's at 204. Prohashka, 204.2. And the heavyweights in the co-main event for the interim title, Sergey Pavlovich, 259.8. Tommy Aspinall actually weighing in more than that. 261.6. I think that's the most Tom Aspinall has weighed in his UFC run thus far. And we did have two misses. Jamal Emmers missed weight by a pound ahead of his fight with Dennis Bajuka. No word on fines, what's going to happen there. I assume that will go forward. And the other weight miss, although not very surprising. Although I'm seeing a lot of people give him a bunch of crap for this, but Roosevelt Roberts, who took this fight on less than a week's notice, missed weight by two pounds. So I assume that fight will probably go forward as well with Matuch Rebechki. And we will see how that all pans out. Hopefully we'll get uh, get word soon on what happens there. And once I find out, I will let you guys know as well. But yeah, let's take your calls. We're going to go for about 40 or so minutes. Let's get through as many of these as we can. Uh, Four Corner Sports, go ahead. Okay, it's not going through for some reason. Uh, Let's see if we can get Abzualia through. There we go. How are you doing? Uh, Hello, sir. Good. Yeah, so um, just wanted to ask your thoughts on... um, uh, with um, Ilya Tepori and Volk, right? Uh, I know that fight's months away, but um, I was just watching a few of their um, fights, you know, recent old stuff. Um, I'm really curious to see if Ilya's boxing will get the upper hand against Volk, despite how good of a striker Volk is and his distance, his uh, switch stance and distances. And also, you know, the wrestling and jiu-jitsu, that's a, a very massive question. Um, you know, I... Volk's uh, probably the toughest dude 
to probably ever submit um, in modern UFC history, in my opinion. But I'm definitely curious to see how that fight goes. You know, and another thing I really want to see from Volk is, will he be able to use his wrestling really effectively the way he did on, you know, Ortega, on um, Yaya Rodriguez, and even, you know, some of the other fighters he fought when he just first joined the UFC. Um, that's all I have, and have a great day. It's a great fight. I am, I am incredibly fascinated by that one, especially after Volk just got obliterated by Islam Makachev. Like, is February too soon? Is Father Time catching up with Volkanovsky? We knew this day would come at some point. Is it, has it arrived? Was it the short notice nature? It's not an excuse. Never going to use it. Neither will he. But we're going to find out in February because Ilya Tapori is not going to go in there and try to point fight Volk. He's going to try to take his freaking head off. So, yes, fascinating fight. Looking forward to it. And we're going to learn a lot about both guys here. We're going to learn a lot about both guys. I feel like February is too soon for Volk, but... It's better than January, so I'm okay with that. It is February 18th, so it's about a month after that, so he gets an extra, like, four weeks. I'll take it. But, yeah, it's a huge fight for Volk. It's a huge fight. He could be leaving February 18th with losses in three of four That's and no longer being the featherweight champion, but... Boy, after that loss to Makachev, there were a lot of questions. Can he come back? Yair's a, a really difficult style matchup, and Volk pretty much perfect gamed him, as he's done to his last bunch of featherweight opponents. Did it to Zombie, did it to Holloway, did it to Yair. I mean, he didn't even break a sweat in either of those fights. Three incredibly impressive title defenses. So the good thing about the Makachev loss is now – Volk is just going to fight featherweights. And that's a world I want to live in. Because there's all these people out there that keep telling me, Mike, Volk has cleaned out this division. No, he hasn't. No, he has not. He, he's not even close to cleaning out the division yet. So there's like three or four guys that are going to be coming for him. And it starts with Teporia. We got Avloyev. Arnold Allen's coming. There's, there's a lot of dudes coming that I want to see Volk fight. So it's going to be an interesting stretch for him through 2025 or 2024 and into 2025 uh, to, if he's still the champion. J-Mac, go ahead. Hey, Mike. Uh, I was just looking at the card uh, this weekend, and there is three dogs I like. I like Frivola. I like um, Godinez. And what was the other one? Oh, Odinez uh, is a favorite. Oh, she's favorite now? Minus 170. Like yeah, she's forth. been the favorite all week. Okay, well, then I, no, never mind that on that one. And then I was looking for a third, and I was thinking Pat Sabatini possibly versus Diego Lopez. Uh, what, what do you think about uh, some some good dogs this weekend? Uh, what's your take? Thanks, man. Uh, let me look at my bets real quick to see what kind of dogs I'm looking at here. Um what do I have for dogs? Uh, I got Diego Lopez. Sabatini is the favorite, but just like a, it's a, it's down to a pickup now. I got Diego Lopez at plus one hundred, so I took that. Um, I took Tabitha Ricci against Loopy. Not loving that, but I kind of feel like they're very similar in a lot of ways. It's almost like Tabitha is what like Loopy. Like, if Loopy wasn't as – I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. I'm not going to say reckless because Loopy's not reckless, but she is a little more chaotic. She does bring the fight a little bit more. But Tabitha Ricci is a very smart fighter, and she's been able to neutralize fighters who bring the ruckus and are able to bring the chaos and can get quick finishes and throw flurries and do all that. She's done very well in those types of fights. And it, I think Tabitha's probably fought better competition all in all, a little bit more experience inside the octagon. She's on a nice run right now. So, And Tabitha's been very consistent. She's been very consistent. 
Loopy has looked great when she's been great, and she's looked pretty bad when she hasn't had her had her fastball. So I think there's value at Ricci at plus one forty two. Wouldn't shock me if Loopy lost if, if Loopy won, but I think there's I think this should be lined a little bit closer. So I think there's a little bit of value there. Uh Sabatini's still the favorite. They're both minus money right now. Sabatini's minus one eighteen. Diego Lopez minus one oh two, so it's dropped two points. It was minus one twenty for Sabatini, plus one hundred for Diego when I took it. Boy, that line on Favol is dropping a little bit. Favol was like a plus two twenty a couple of days ago. He's down to a plus one eighty. So apparently you're not the only one who feels like he's a he's a dog, but man. Uh, I got a bunch of exposure on Benoit Santini here. It's just he has just been a friggin' wrecking ball. And he's gonna be a tough out for anybody. And it's tough to pick against Matt. I I kind of don't like that I'm doing it, but I got a lot of I got uh where's my exposure here? I got Santini by KOTKO at plus one sixty-five. That's what I have. And then I have I have like a little Weird parlay with BSD and Dern that pays out a plus 119 because uh, I didn't want to bet on them individually. So I just parlayed them together. So that's where I'm at here. Let me see the rest. Uh, I feel like Dern's just going to smush on Drudge, but I mean, I, I do think there's value at plus 170 there. She doesn't look great, but who knows? She, Mackenzie reverts back to the pre-Angela Hill McKenzie, then Andrade has a very good chance of winning that fight. Mm, I mean, Kyung Ho Kang at dog money is not bad. Yeah, this is not like a ton. This is a weird card to bet on, honestly. It really is. So I don't have a ton of bets. I mean, the things that I have wagers on for the watch party, I have like just a lot of exposure on. So I have like a lot of props, a lot of parlays, some over-under stuff. I think the only individual bets that I have are that aren't proppy is Lopez, Aspinall, Pereira, and Ricci. Everything else is like a parlay or some sort of proppy prop. But I guess that's a good match-made card because it gives gamblers some some tough choices to make. Four Corner Sports, do we have you? Yes. Um, so I wanted to talk about um, – What's it called? Uh, Matt Favola versus uh, Ben Juan Santini. So I have, I wasn't sure who to pick. I just put it as under two and a half and uh, fight ends by knockout. Just because uh, I know Ben Juan Santini is very tough and very durable. I think his lone loss in the UFC was at welterweight. Um, but something, I wasn't sure who, who to pick, but something tells me that Matt Favola is just going to feed off the the energy that's inside the garden and pulled through, but then you know, how can you bet? How, how can you bet against a uh, BSD? Um, I was talking to uh, what's it called? Uh, a couple of my buddies and I. We were discussing. I don't know. I feel like uh, the momentum and the vibes are screaming that Lupi Godinez is gonna pull this one through. I know that Tabitha, her lone loss was against uh, Manny Fiorio. And but I just feel that Loopy, I think she's grown better as a fighter, and I think she, her growth and her development, I feel like especially you know training down there with uh, Moreno and the rest of the guys and, and girls in Mexico, I feel like she has more tools to uh, expose Richie than Richie exposing uh, Loopy. Um, I have a parlay of uh, Lopez and uh, Loopy. Uh, I think I got it at like plus one twenty now. But uh, yeah, what do you think? Do you think uh, Loopy gets it done over Ricci um, inside the distance, or you think this fight goes uh, to the cards? Thanks, Mike. This fight is definitely going to the cards. I mean, let me see what the over. This it's got to be a two and a half over. Over two, over two and a half is minus four twenty five. That should tell you everything you need to know here. Uh, this is going to the cards for sure. I don't know. I mean, look. Let's look at her resume. I thought she beat Jessica Penne. It was a close fight. She did take it on somewhat short notice. Savania Gomez-Juarez, no longer in the UFC. Luana Carolina, I mean, 
she lost that fight, but that was one of those ones where she went up a weight class and fought seven days after the Gomez Juarez win. Beats Loma, age as well. Carnalosi, okay fighter, not great. Gets the step up against Angela Hill, loses that fight. Close fight with Cynthia Calvillo. Very, very close fight. I felt like Loopy probably won, but that was way too close for comfort against someone who was on that big of a, a losing streak. Emily to Cody, fine win, not a great win. Elise Reed, not a great win. I mean, she's she's doing what she needs to do. She's she's a good fighter. She's a good fighter, but is she a top 15 fighter? We're going to find out. Let's look at Ricci's resume right now in the UFC. Lost to Fioro, beat Oliveira, beat Viana, beat Penne, beat Jillian Robertson. This is a good fight. I, I feel like they're just, they're so similar. Their games are very similar in a lot of ways. So, and I just feel like Tabitha has been doing this just a little bit longer and like at, at this kind of a level, I know Loopy's got more actual fights, but early on in her career, she was just fighting everybody on the regional scene. I don't know. It's going to be a good fight. That's why I like, I think when I actually do like my MMA fighting staff picks, I'll probably pick Loopy. But I got I think just think there's value on Ricci. Because I think they're just so similar. It's plus 140. The line really hasn't moved. I think it's lined right, but two similar fighters. I don't think one's truly better than the other. I'll take a shot on the dog here. I'm not confident, but I'll take a shot on the dog. That's where I'm at. And please don't tail me on any betting. <laughs> like I'm literally betting. I literally bet on just the watch party cards and the ones that I'm on no bets barred for. Like if I have to hop in for Jet or, or GC. I am by no stretch somebody you should be tailing. Uh, the one bet you could have tailed me on was my all-in bet that Logan Paul, Dylan Dennis actually happens. So I'm actually like up units on the year, even though my record is horrendous. But I bet I, I went like banana. I think it was like a 15-unit bet on that fight actually happening and it did. So I'm over the top here. So we'll see. It's going to be a good card. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go to Cole. Yeah, cool. Hi, Mike. Uh, given that we're at MSG tomorrow, I just want to—I just want to know if you feel the same way about how I feel about this. But UFC 205 in 2016 at MSG, the first time—I think that to me, like whenever I look back on that card, 
the UFC's never been more credible, more professional, more grand. Just everything about that main card. Not even talking about Habib, Michael Johnson, really. Just everything about that main card and the way it was put together, the production, the crowd, Connor, freaking Chris Weidman, Yoel Romero, Joanna versus Carolina, and then Woodley and freaking Thompson putting on a hell of a fight. I mean, that card, to me, whenever I look back at that, is just chef's kiss UFC. Like, it felt so big that night. Like, I felt like the sport could never have been bigger. The sport was on a rocket ship after that night. I just, I just want to know if you feel the same way about that. Yeah, that was, I mean, look, there's been a, there was a fight for years to get the UFC and MMA on a professional level legalized in New York. And it took forever. There were hurdles to jump over so many things, crooked ass politicians, like all sorts of things they needed to overcome in order to get this to pass. And it was close many times, never went through. And then finally it came through in 2016 and they went right to Madison square garden. That's where it all started. This is the first event in New York under this era, like where the UFC was just sold for four, over $4 billion. Connor's the biggest star in the sport coming off the win over Nate. 2016 was the most, was the most chaotic year ever. I mean, this card was everything. Just fuck it. Like, look at this card. It's insane. Liz Carmouche, Caitlin Chukagian. That was the first fight of the card. Jim Miller, Tiago Alves. That was the second fight. Vicente Luque, Bilal Muhammad. That was the third fight. Tim Boach, Rafael Natal was the fourth fight. On the prelims, by the way, Habib Nurmagomedov against Michael Johnson. That was the coming out party for Habib Nurmagomedov. To me, and this includes the Conor fight, I know Conor's the bigger fight, but this was the most important night of Habib Nurmagomedov's rise. This was it. This was when everybody was like, all right, this guy's got something. Cut the promo, beat the shit on Michael Johnson. He's talking to him. He's telling him, like, just, just stop fighting. Just stop fighting because I'm not going to stop. He's talking to Dana White while Josh Thompson's trying to give him instructions in the corner. Calls out Connor. And if you if you recall, before Connor was going to fight Eddie Alvarez, Habib was the guy. They used Habib as like a bargaining chip in order to get Connor in there. It's crazy. And then Habib just destroys Michael Johnson who, by the way, knocked out Dustin Poirier in his fight before that. So Johnson was on a nice little trajectory. And that is just about, I mean, Habib just mauled him. And there's this moment where Joe Rogan's like, oh, he heard him, he heard him. No, he didn't. Because Habib got 10-8s off that. The landscapers are here, of course, at the perfect time. But we're just going to battle through it. Frankie Edgar, Jeremy Stevens is the feature prelim. Then we got Misha Tate's retirement fight where Kel Pennington gets the win. The sad moment where Chris Weidman gets knocked out in the third round by Yoel Romero. Joanna and Karolina Kovacavich, actually a pretty good fight. Joanna won. Woodley Thompson, fight that people sort of forget because the second one was so terrible. This was the fight of the night. And then Connor has the perfect game against Eddie Alvarez. Like, this was an incredible event. This was an incredible event. And then they followed it up with the Bisbing GSP card, which was fine. It was, I mean, it turned out to be GSP's final fight, so that's obviously a very big deal. But we got that. We got Dillashaw Garbrandt, Rose Nami Yunus, Ioanni and Jacek. Actually, this card wasn't bad. Like, now that I think about it, it wasn't bad at all. Uh, Steven Thompson, Jorge Mazadal was on that card. Paul Acosta, Johnny Hendricks. That was kind of like the beginning of the end for Johnny Hendricks. We saw, we were watching the rise of James Vick at the time. He knocked out Joe Duffy. OSP head kicks Corey Anderson. A lot happened on that card. And then we got UFC 230. This was a tough hang, my friends. This was a cobbled together card. We ended up getting Daniel Cormier and Derek Lewis in the main event for the heavyweight title where neither guy was healthy, but they just needed something. We had another sad Chris Weidman moment with Jacare. Jared Cannonier, David Branch was the featured bout. Carl Roberson, Jack Marshman, 
was the second fight of the main card, and Israel Adesanya, Derek Brunson opened the main card. It's a tough one. That's a tough one. And then we got 244, BMF title fight with Mazadal and Diaz, but that's not a card that honestly is like aged gracefully in terms of like, man, we have to go back and watch that. Prelims are good. Prelims are good, and then Kevin Lee just annihilated Gregor Gillespie. And then the main card was Derek Lewis, Blagoy Ivanov going to a split decision. Thompson Luque was a good fight. Darren Till, Kevin, Kevin Gasson was a terrible fight. And then Mazadal and Nate ended in somewhat controversial fashion, but that was probably the best Mazadal has ever looked in a fight. Then we got Usman Covington 2, Adesanya Pereira. And then we get this card. A lot of people have been asking me like where I rank this one compared to like MSG cards. For what like they bring to MSG, it's probably like I love this card. Me personally, as someone who is going to watch these fights, I am looking forward to it. The top two fights are incredibly fascinating. Mackenzie Dern, Jessica Andrade, fine fight. There's stakes, it matters. BSD and Frivola is awesome. That fight is great. Diego Lopez, Pat Sabatini, like, I know we're going to get there. We're going to get a, a, an absolute chaotic scramble fest. It's going to look like a cartoon fight where you're just going to see a bunch of rolling around in smoke. That's what those two guys are going to be. So it's going to be a super fun main card for us, all of us who are listening to my voice right now. But, like, the casual appeal, like, is this going to do great on pay-per-view? No, I don't think it's going to. I don't think this is going to do great on pay-per-view. I don't think it's going to do like 500,000. I think it might do like three. It's just, it, Jones Stipe, this probably does close to a million. But that fight is nowhere near as interesting as the two title fights we're getting tomorrow. So it's just one of those weird cards. I think action-wise, it's great. But if you look at the actual top-to-bottom lineup compared to most of these other cards, I mean, two, like, just look at 281. Carlos Olberg, Nikolai Negomirianu was the first fight. Like, that's a good fight. Montel Jackson, Julio Arce was the second fight. We got Mike Trezano. We got Karolina Kovalkiewicz on the, like, early, early prelims. Matt Frivola knocks out Otman Azaitar. To close the, those are the fight pass prelims. And then we get Petrosky, Terma. We got Aaron Blanchfield's coming out party against Molly McCann, Ryan Spann, Dominic Reyes. Hanata Moicano cuts the promo of the year after he submits Brad Riddell. And then we get Hooker Pueyes. We get Gutierrez Edgar, which is sad because of the way it ended. But the feature fight was Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler, and then we got two title fights. So, yeah, I don't feel like... I just don't feel the same energy for this one as I did last year, as I did for 268, as I did for two, certainly 205. I don't know if you're going to ever top the vibes heading into 205, but yeah, man. But this is, yeah, 205 is the perfect storm. This is just a, this is just a card. Like it's a, it's, a, it's a really good card. You put this card anywhere else and we're like, yeah, this is sick. But MSG, I just think as fans we expect – Big names and like a top to bottom stacked lineup. And while I love the lineup and I think it's going to be a fun night of fights, I this isn't the typical MSG lineup, if you will. But it's certainly not the worst UFC card at MSG. Even Bellator at an MSG card. They had Sun and Silva, Mitrione, Fedor, and that was the infamous Brent Premise, Michael Chandler fight that uh, ended when one of the commission members moved Chandler's stool out of the way and Chandler fell on his ass. So, yeah, some history at MSG, my friends. Uh, I mean, if you guys want to keep going, we'll keep going. But we got to hop on in here. Otherwise, we're going to wrap up. We do have a preview show at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so we'll be talking a lot more about that. Uh, MMA Hour live from New York City, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. That's going to be a lot of fun with Ariel GC, New York Rick, and the crew. There's probably some special guests along the way. Uh, we'll have the People's Pre-Fight Show tomorrow. And 
obviously we'll have the watch party and all the other shenanigans as well. So it's going to be a fun weekend, everybody. Uh, let's go to Clearest Values. What's up, Clearest Values? I haven't talked to you in a hot minute. You know, Mike Heck, we're moving and shaking over here. We're not spending as much time on X, unfortunately. Hey, I don't blame you, my man. It's, uh, you know, there are better places, unfortunately. Um, but regardless, so Mike, just to give you a little bit of background, I'm here in Manhattan, I'm here in New York City, and I was eyeing these MSG tickets for a couple months now. And I decided I wasn't going to pull the trigger when they were $1,000. And then the John Jones fight fell through. And I was like, all right, that's kind of a bummer. But I think, I think it's going to lower the prices. So I look at the prices and, and keep in mind that, like, it's still New York, so it's always going to be pretty stupid. But right now they're sitting at about three fifty to get in the door. What is Mike's ha- Mike Heck's number that makes buying tickets for Madison Square Garden for this UFC event worth it? What is your threshold? Have you been to it? Have you been to a UFC event before? I have not been. I've been to. I actually went to a PFL event before I went to a UFC event. Um. I mean, look. I've for me because I've been to a bunch. Like even before I started covering events, uh, I would go anytime I could. Like when they were in Boston, I went to everything. I think I went to every single card in Boston, whether as a fan or, or covering it. And that includes the Frankie Edgar, BJ Penn card and the James Tony Randy Couture fiasco and all that shit. So, um, but I've been to a few and obviously I wasn't spending $350 on tickets. Like I think I would, I went as a fan with like the same buddy three years in a row and we had like good seats. We we're like right in the middle, um, in the loge section. We're in the balcony. We're on the floor. We're right in the middle, which is like primo in terms of fight viewership. Like you can actually watch the fights and not have to look at the screen. And I think like I don't think I ever paid more than maybe ninety dollars for tickets. And that includes a pay per view. That includes the fight night headlined by T.J. Dillashaw and Dominic Cruz. Obviously, when they went back to Boston this past year, the prices were – I mean, I had so many friends hitting me up being like, dude, it's way too expensive. I'm not going. And I'm like, I don't blame you. I don't know if I'm spending 350 on this card. I don't know. And that's probably going to get you like in the back, the bowels of the building, if you will, in the way, way back. It is MSG and it's the UFC. It's going to be like – Fun. It's gonna be fun. I don't know. Maybe wait till tomorrow. The, I don't think this is gonna be an official sellout. I don't. I think the gate will still be great. It'll be one of the high ones. If we got Jones and Stipe, I think this would have been a legit sellout. Um, they were very close to selling out. That once the fight fell through, uh, a lot of people gave their tickets back. So. I don't know. You can look at it right now. There's still there's still a lot of tickets left. From what I what I saw yesterday, unless they just got like this whole. Let's see what we got here. Let's take a gander. Let's take a look at the map and the colors. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. So right now, uh, cheapest ticket three hundred and thirty one dollars and sixteen cents. That is section. Eh, it's not on the balcony. 227? Eh, yeah, it kind of is. It's up there. I don't know. I just think it's going to be fun. If you want the whole, like, experience of MSG and watching fights, like, there, there's really nothing like it, man. Like, I covered UFC 244. I didn't watch a single fight in the arena until the last two. I watched the last half of... I got to go cage shot for the last half of Darren Till and Kelvin Gasolum, and I was like, Jesus, I should have waited another 10 minutes. And then the whole experience with Mazadal and Diaz and their walkouts, and like, I mean, there's, there's just this a special energy in that building. It, they're just, it just is. It's, it's, there's no place like it. I've seen Pearl Jam probably 30 times, and I've seen them all over the place, but I saw them at Madison Square Garden once, and it was like, damn. 
Like this is, it's just a different feeling. I would wait a day because I don't think this, like I said, I don't think this is going to sell out. And I think some of these prices might drop a little bit. Maybe wait till tomorrow. I think if you can get down to like 250, 275, I think the vibes and the excitement are going to go up a little bit. The, the tough thing about this card too, uh, and then I'll go to CV. There's just like no drama here. You know what I mean? Like there's just no drama. And that's not, and that's okay. As hardcore fans, like I don't need to see personal beef with every single fight that I watch. But boy, that was, uh, that press conference was, look, I don't, like, I don't need the all chaos. I don't need bottles to fly at every press conference. But this was, uh, I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. It just was like, it was a professional press conference, but it didn't sell an extra pay-per-view for a fist fight. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't hate it, but it wasn't like, wasn't a memorable thing where it's like, oh, we're now now it's on. Now these guys really don't like each other. It's all respect, and Tom Aspinall's comparing himself to different animals. It says he would lose a dick measuring contest to Sergey Pavlovich. Like he's funny, Pavlovich uh, Aspinall was great, but I don't know, man. It just uh, this is a hardcore fans card. I'll leave it at that. But if it gets down there. Go. I think the energy will still be good. CV, go ahead. Hey, Mike. Heck of a morning. Happy Friday. Yeah, I do agree with you. The The press conference yesterday was um, uh, it was very sterile, like very clean, professional, almost like lifeless. But, you know, the fight's going to be good. The fight's going to do the talking for itself. And um, all this MSG talk, um, for context, I went to 268 two years ago. It was the Usman Covington rematch. And uh, we also got balcony seats, me and my friends, and we paid like $800 Canadian. So I would say that's like around $600 US. I mean, super expensive, but I would say it was worth it. And that'll be probably the only event I go to. And speaking of uh, like future events, um, now that we got like two, 297 shaping up here, I'm, I'm on topology right now. Um, I was ready to like shit on this card, but actually like, um, you know, like, Obviously, we got Strickland, Duplessis, and we got the women's vacant um, bantamweight championship. Um, I don't know if this fight's been confirmed yet, but Arnold Allen and Evloyev, and we also got Chris Curtis versus uh, Mark and Andre Barrio. Like, I know it's a Canadian card, and obviously, like the Canadian cards are not as good as when, like, when GSP was still fighting. And obviously, Canada doesn't have like a big MMA star right now, but like. I mean, 297, um, I was ready to shit on it, but I'm like, just looking at how the card is shaping up to be, I mean, it's not too bad, but I don't know. Just want to get your thoughts on that. No, it's not too bad. Um, and like for context with UFC 268, which you paid $600 for, you got Usman Covington, you got Rose Namajunas, Zhang Wei Li in the rematch. You got Cheeto Vera, Frankie Edgar, Shane Burgos, Billy Q. And Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler. That was your main card. You had the UFC debuts of Alex Pereira, Chris Curtis, Ian Machado, Gary, and Chris, I, was that Chris Barnett's debut? I think it was. Oh no, he lost to Ben Rothwell. That was Chris Barnett's UFC pay-per-view debut. Yeah, that fight, I mean, that car was insane. That car was insane. There's a, I mean, there was a buzz to that one. Bobby Green, Ally Quinta was on that card. The first fight of the night on the main car was Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. Like, that is nuts. And then after that, Shane Burgos and Billy Quarantillo had, like, a top 10 fight of the year, which was, like, impossible to follow Gaethje and Chandler. Yeah, but 297, let's take a gander here. Yes, Arnold and Evloev is, is accurate. Uh, we, can, we ended up confirming that. Uh, we reported, we first reported Neil Magny, Mike Malott. So that's happening. Charles Jordan, Sean Woodson, uh, Leonace and Patterson. 
Uh, why did it freeze? Uh, Malcolm Gordon, Jimmy Flick. Uh, Sadai versus Rome, uh, Ramon Tavares. Tavares. Uh, Jillian Robertson, Pollyanna Vienna. Brad Katona, Garrett Armfield. Chris Curtis, MAB. We got two title fights. Look, having Sean Strickland's first title defense in Toronto is just promotional malpractice. I'll, I'm just going to put that out there. It just, it literally makes no sense. However, this is the best the UFC can do. And it's a damn good fight. And I love it. I love this fight. A lot of people are kind of down on it. I love it. I think it's going to be absolute mayhem. And I think of all the actual available options, this was the best way to go. And I've been saying it for a while. They should just go ahead and book Strickland DDP because I don't want to see Volk fight on this card after getting knocked out by Islam Makachev. So, yeah, it's not bad, man. I mean, it's it's not bad. It's better than 289. It's like the main card is going to be Strickland DDP, the Pennington Splano Silva fight. We're getting Arnold Allen, Mavzar Vloyev. I'm sure Mike Malott will be on the main card. With the with the Neil Magny fight, maybe Charles Jordan kicks it off with Sean Woodson. Like that's gonna be a fun freaking fight too. So I think the main card will be solid, and the rest will have a lot of local flavor. So not bad, not too shabby. All right, we'll go to Foreign Sniper Henderson. We'll try Nicholas one more time, and then we gotta go. Go ahead, Foreign Sniper. Hey, Mike. Hey, yep. heck of a morning. Uh, just real quick, I wanted to ask you: Was there any large like plus money props that stick out to you? I'm. I'm on my sports bookie right now, and I'm looking at a line for Tom Aspinall for a second-round submission at plus 1,400. Um, anyone on Tom Aspinall by submission, I would recommend you play that. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on any other, I guess, large plus-money props. That's all, Mike. Yeah, I think um, – I don't think I went, like, with the rounds. But I do have, I do have a bet on Tom Aspinall by submission. Uh, I got it at plus 350. So I doubled up on Aspinall. I've Aspinall straight at minus 118. I've Aspinall by sub at plus 350. But I don't mind doing the sprinkle thing. I would probably do – I'd probably take like a unit and just do like half on submission round one and half on submission round two. Like I, I like that value there. I really do. But I think that's like the biggest prop I have. Everything else is just um, – Tied up in a bunch of parlays. Like, uh, so here, here are all my bets. Uh, you'll see some of them. Some of them you'll see on the screen tomorrow. Some of them I'll have to tell you about because there's so many. Uh, and we don't want to take up the whole screen. So I have Alex Pereira, minus, minus 122. Aspinall, minus 118. Aspinall by sub, plus 350. Main event, over one and a half at minus 150. Lopez, plus 100. Lopez, plus three and a half. So I kind of hedged on Lopez. Because even if he loses, he's going to cover the – I think it's going to be a super t- close fight. It's probably a split decision. So I have Lopez plus three and a half points, minus 165. Uh, BSC by KO, TKO plus 165. Tabitha Ricci plus 140. Parlays, uh, I got Santini and Dern plus 119. Embers, Rebechki, Dern plus 140. I have the main event under four and a half. Co-main under three and a half. And – Urseg versus Costa over one and a half pays out at minus one Oh eight. And then I have just like a fun main cardy proppy parlay, uh, that the last four fights don't go the distance for Volvo Santini, Dern Andrade, the co-main event, the main event, none of them go the distance that pays a plus one twenty six. So that's going to be fun to watch as it all unfolds. So, but I like the asset I'll play. If you get a, you got to pick and choose. Throw a little sprinkle on rounds one and two. Why the hell not? Henderson, go ahead. See, you're real excited about tomorrow's card. Um, just wanted to say about MSG, like for those of you that might be visiting for the first time or not really from New York City, you might not realize, but MSG is like in the heart of this middle of Manhattan. So it's a great place to go see everything real quick, see Broadway, go to MSG, see some fights, um, and the train station to get in and out of there from New Jersey is like literally in the basement of MSG and Penn Station. So 
there's a lot of things that you can do around there. Make sure to take advantage of that. Um, I can't afford to go, but maybe one day I'll win the lottery and I can go to an MSG card, but we'll see how it goes. Um, just one other point for a free for all Friday was that one, one group of contracts that got exposed in that um, lawsuit that was interesting for me, maybe in a good way, was the Anderson Silva contracts because it kind of put into perspective why he stuck around for so long. Um, he was making like four or five million per fight, even at the end of his career after he had lost the title. And over the course of his career, it seems like he might have even made more money than Conor McGregor, strictly off purses. Um, so... I just was wondering if you knew how Anderson Silva got such a beneficial contract um, when the UFC really wasn't giving them out. Like he was making like twice what Rousey was making. So another little victory for the spider, even in the midst of that losing streak. But just wanted to hear your thoughts. Uh, that's a good question. I honestly don't know the answer. Uh, Anderson was a big star, man. Like he was, he got over big. He was in a lot of people's minds during that middleweight title run, the best fighter in the world, regardless of weight, regardless of anything. So, yeah, I think that's probably part of it. I mean, the dude has so many title defenses. He headlines so many cards. A lot of those performances were memorable and some not so memorable. But, yeah, Anderson was in the good graces and earned that right. And maybe that explain some of those performances as well. Some of those title fights like the Damian Maya one and so forth and so on. Cause he was making all that money. Yeah. This I'm telling you what, man, this, uh, this antitrust suit, it's going to be crazy. If this gets, and I, like, honestly, like there's going to be another discovery period later on this month. So I think more stuff will come out. And I think the UFC will probably try to settle this. They would be in their best interest to try to settle it. But I don't know if they're, I don't know if the fighters involved are going to settle. And if they don't, like, we're going to see a whole bunch of stuff. Like you can't change the industry if you settle, but you're also taking a risk if you don't. So yeah, this is going to be, this could be the biggest – this could end up being the biggest story in the history of MMA. Like there are enough legs on this that it could be. It could literally change the entire sport when it's all said and done. It's going to be a fascinating next six months to a year when it comes to this story. Uh, Nicholas, do we have you? Close this out. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Okay. Thanks, bro. Uh, two quick questions. Uh, should I bet my house and my girlfriend on Mackenzie Dern on Saturday? And uh, is there going to be a guest on the watch party? Hashtag Nick Diaz Army. Yes, there will be two guests on the watch party. Um, Shaheen Alshadi will join us for the main event. And... Back by popular demand. Look, well, we have a a big heavyweight fight. We have to bring in the goat. We got to bring in the goat for the heavyweight fight. It's Paca Porter, my friends. Paca Porter returns to the watch party uh, to watch the co-main event with us. We had a lot of fun with him for the Strickland Adesanya card for the Tai Tuivasa fight. And he's going to come back. So it's going to be a lot of fun. The GOAT returns to the watch party. Very excited. My man Paca Porta will be joining us. Um, do you bet your house and your girlfriend on Mackenzie Dern? No. Um, no. I mean, I have exposure on Mackenzie Dern, but I'm not betting houses or girlfriends or anything more than like a cup of coffee on any of these fights. <laughs> For the most part, like my the the betting units are not very big. Like, don't feel bad if I lose bets. GCs, you like gambling units are way more riskier. Like the dude just the, this is what he does. Uh, I just do it for the entertainment purposes. We got the DraftKings thing, so 
Why not? Why not have some fun? That's what I say. Uh, and we're going to have some more fun in a little over an hour's time. Uh, 1.30 p.m. Eastern, live preview show. Myself, Shaheen, my best friend, AK. We're going to have some fun. We'll go for about an hour. We'll have the People's Pre-Fight Show tomorrow, probably around 5.15 Eastern time to get you ready for 295 and all sorts of fun. So we are done here. Thank you for all the questions. I didn't want to leave you guys hanging. Kind of a weird schedule today. Um, especially with the weigh-in show starting at 9 a.m. Eastern. But I didn't want to leave you guys without a show today. So thank you all for popping in. Uh, if you couldn't get a question in, join us for the People's Pre-Fight Show tomorrow at 5.15 p.m. Eastern. That's all we do. We're just going to take questions on the YouTube channel. And uh, don't miss the MA Hour. Live from New York City, City Winery, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. If you can't get a ticket, you can't because they're sold out. But you can watch it on the YouTube channel. So thank you all very much. Have a great rest of your day. And as always, have a heck of a morning. Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.